Howdy friends, Marcus Smith here welcoming you back to the Founders Forge podcast. Here on the Founders Forge, we talk to founders and industry leaders from all stages to get to know them, their projects, and the lessons they've been learning along the way. Today, we're re-releasing an episode we did back over a year ago, where I talked to Mari Ramirez. Mari is an experienced CPA who has been practicing public accounting in the greater Austin area for over 10 years. She is passionate about integrating and implementing technology in growing startups and nonprofits. Mari shared her entrepreneurial journey and experience founding several businesses, including her own firm. We loved this conversation and thought it was worth bringing it back to re-highlight Mari, her journey, and some incredibly helpful tips for founders in the area of finance and bookkeeping. Okay, here's Mari Ramirez of Open Bookkeeping LLC. Well, so uh, you know that we like to get nitty gritty, and uh, so I hope you brought your therapist couch. Tell me about your childhood. Were you good in school, and uh, were you brought up in a high-performing environment? I was pretty good in school. I I was really quiet, believe it or not. You know me, Marcus. You know that I'm really, (laughs) you're like laughing. I'm really loud, and I'm very outspoken, and I'm very extroverted now, but I was actually really quiet and introverted, Um, but I grew up pretty poor when I was young, and so... We, you know, we didn't really have a lot. And my dad actually is a very entrepreneurial person. And so he always had a lot of projects going on, a lot of things going on. And my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So I absolutely 100% did not want to be my mother. Um, But (laughs) I wanted to be my father. He was such a role model. But I was really quiet and I was really studious in school. And I did run the student store in high school for some time. And that was probably like the hardest job I did. So that was probably like the one thing... I did. That was pretty so, entrepreneurial in school. Were, were you that like quiet, nerdy, like kid that sat behind the student store every time? Or was it kind oh. of a fluke that you got into the student store? Well, by that point, I had already kind of gone through puberty, even I know what I mean. I was a late bloomer. Since I moved around a lot, when I, I went to high school, I finally stayed in that one place. I decided at that moment I was going to be someone I wasn't. Like I thought about all these women that were like amazing. And I was like, I'm going to be them. So I like very proactively acted not like myself because I wanted people to like me and I wanted, and then also it helped that I went through puberty at some point in time and that, at that. So I wasn't just like this skinny frizzy haired girl. Yeah. And so then I got a lot more confidence and I was in student council and I was actually in high school. I was like in every single organization you could think of. So that wasn't surprising that I was student store manager for a little bit of time. Although the, the teacher who was like, you know, the person running the store, you know, he was like a, like an algebra teacher. And he was very, very particular about everything, like inventory. Yeah. And so he was almost like such a hard ass that like he was so hard to work for. But it taught me so much about finance and money and running businesses that it was like probably the best thing ever. Yeah, I, I feel like there are a lot of different similar types of things that kids can do where you learn some of those core business principles and some people really gravitate towards it. Other people, you know, get put off for some reason or it's just not their cup of tea. And was that, I guess, the case for you for both business and math? Yeah. It's so funny. I'm really terrible at math. And my assistant <laughs> makes fun of me a lot because she's so good at doing numbers in her head. I've almost gotten worse doing numbers in my head. I do like math. I always liked algebra and calculus, but honestly, counting is like zero. 
doing numbers in your yeah. really <laughs> like it's just not you just don't so it's actually good that i'm not good at math but surprisingly a lot it's of true. accountants became accountants because they were good at math but it's not really about that and so when i meet kids nowadays i'm always trying to convince them to be accountants because basic that basic knowledge of like business um, you know, you could do other things with it. I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always knew I was going to own my own business. That's something I knew since I was little, I feel like. And I always saw my dad running businesses and doing things and doing projects. He built houses. He had a construction company too. And so I always knew that's what I wanted to do. Absolutely. Although I wanted kids too. I wanted all the shebang. So it's in your blood. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, which is interesting. You see a variety of different people who come into entrepreneurship. Some people, it's in their blood. Some people, they didn't even think about entrepreneurship mm -hmm. as something people did until post-college or whatever. So now you're a CPA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you have your own CPA firm. Why your own CPA firm versus just being part of a larger existing one? You know, I worked for big and small firms here in Austin and, you know, over the last 20 years. And one of the things that I really, really, really liked about working at the bigger CPA firms is just technology was amazing. And the amount of information and literature and, and support you had was just amazing. But it does put you in this segregated duties kind of situation hmm. where you only learn about one thing and that's your profession, that one thing, right? That's the only thing you're, you're going to do, just this one thing, nonprofit tax returns, that's it. It's very segregated. And so I didn't necessarily like that. And when I worked for smaller firms, it was just like all hands on deck. Like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. I worked for a smaller firm for a long time that helped startups grow. I mean, they would help new businesses get started and uh, get things going. They would help them in all aspects of every part of their business, operations, finance, budgeting, that kind of thing. And I just fell in love with it because it was like all I wanted, right? To start a business, but then help other people start businesses, right? So it was like, I can't show people how to start business unless I start a business myself, right? Hence why I've started other businesses now. <laughs> you just like fall in love with it and you just, you start, you just continue to do it because you just want to, and also it validates, the, I'm telling people what to do specifically. <laughs> and it's like, how can you tell me what to do? You've never started a business. It's like, what? You're right. I have never, I hadn't at that time when I was younger, but I don't think I was probably as optimistic or as forthcoming as I am now. I think now I'm like, no, this is the way you got to do it. You even have to argue with the person. But I have seen a lot of business since then come and go, have these great, great, amazing ideas, and then it shuts down. Or I've, I've seen people like have okay ideas and then it takes off. And it has to do with so many different things. And one of them being, well, of course, the people, the person that, that are doing it, but two, finance is a really, really important thing. So I, I realized that that is like the backbone of a business, right? And so if I can help someone kind of learn that part of it, they can help grow any business. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Just because you have a great idea doesn't mean you have a great business. You've got to really build it. Yeah, like core principles of business financial accounting. If you don't understand what's happening with your money and your resources, then you're going to be sunk real quick. So obviously you've said, and we've talked about you having multiple businesses that you started, but let's focus in on your CPA and bookkeeping business. Mm -hmm. First off, can you tell me, I guess your firm's name, what you're working on's name, and then what makes you different? So my whole name is Maria Alicia Ramirez. Just Mary Alice. It's not complicated. You just have to say it in Spanish. Everybody calls me Mari for short. So it's Mari Alicia CPA PC, professional corporation. Oh, yeah. I also have Open Bookkeeping LLC. Really, I did it because, you know, I would engage with clients and businesses and I would help them. And, you know, they didn't know I could do bookkeeping too. And so a lot of that time, a lot of that conversation was like, oh, yeah, I'll help you take over the books. We'll 
create a process, we'll do all this stuff. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you could do a good Kiwi. And a lot of times it's because a lot of tax CPAs, a lot of CPAs, which I have nothing against, they will only do tax. They won't do bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's mainly because they worked for big four firms or something bigger. They're so used to getting the books already and then just doing the tax and focusing on the tax, which is totally fine. The CPA community is a really loving, amazing community. Hmm. We talk pretty constantly. I know it's not cutthroat at all. We share conversations, what software we're using, what forms to get like, Hey, are you having a problem with this on the tech software? But my point is, is that a lot of CPAs will send me a lot of business. They'll send me individuals. They'll send me bookkeeping work. I have a really great relationships with other CPAs, but a lot of them do not want to do bookkeeping. So I've actually surprisingly gotten a lot of clients from other CPAs because they don't want to do the books, but they want someone who they feel comfortable because believe it or not, it's a really, really hard to find bookkeeper. There's a lot of bookkeepers out there. Bookkeeping is really easy, but it's also really easy to screw up. I'm sure you know, it's just so easy to screw up unless you really know the background of accounting. Um, So yeah, I mean, that's really how I got started. And I said, you know what? I'm not gonna be too good for anything. You want me to pay bills? I'll pay bills. Like what what do you need us to do? And we'll figure out something that's affordable that can help you grow your business that you can focus on the stuff that you wanna do. And we'll focus on the other stuff that you don't wanna do. That's really what I, I wanted to make happen. So it's more about business empowerment versus, you know, doing your taxes for you. Well, taxes is a a big thing. Of of course, I I do like to do a lot of tax planning. I love the news. I'm super obsessed with news. It's Mm -hmm. it's a problem. I'm like obsessed with tax law and knowing what's going on tax law. It is a big high for me. Tax season is a big thing. I'm like, like, oh my God, it's January. It's tax season, y'all. It's like really hyping up. So it's it's a big thing for me in general. So So you don't dread tax season. No. You actually find it enjoyable. Good to know. (laughs) It's hard to understand. It's like this big adrenaline thing. It's just overwhelming and it's, it's, but it's amazing and it's just fun. And it's, I mean, it's stressful. I'm not going to say it's not, but it's just something that I've been doing for so long. I think I'm probably used to it. But also, there's so every year it's so, something different. I mean, especially of us that have been around for a long time. We're like, remember 20 years ago when this was happening? It was just like so. Things are just so different. It's because tax reform changes yes, yes. and the government changes. Mm-hmm. Information is everywhere, yeah. and people have partial information and whatnot. And to talk on the technical part of your job as a, as a CPA, not as much the operations and business side, but on the technical side. You have to keep yourself up to date. Yes. You can't just be like, hey, I sat for my CPA and now I'm good. No, you <laughs> yeah, have to like yeah. continue to re-educate yourself and know current tax law. Otherwise, you're not. I think that's C- the fun part, though. I think part of it is keeping up with it and learning what's happening. It's challenging. It's new. Um, it's fun. I, I I enjoy it. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a news person in general. So I really like to, to know kind of everything that's going on with the state of the world. So that kind of feeds into my news junkie ways, like learning all the new stuff. It kind of keeps me on my toes. I think if something's too boring, I don't think I, I would like it, I guess. And, and what's interesting is, so you've got the very highly technical task of managing the bookkeeping and, and the taxes. And then you've got the operations piece of like, you have your own business. You're not like in a firm. So do you find enjoyment in the operations piece as well, or just the more technical side? Obviously you love the technical side. And is that something you bring other people in to like 
take care of so you don't have to, or what does that look like? Gosh, you know, honestly, I try to do, I do all of it in general, since I'm one person, I develop relationships with my clients really well. And I want to meet with every single person. So that's the hard part is like growth is hard because there's only one of me, right? So it's just like, I have to work more, I have to work longer. You know, I have a team now and they're great. And they help me in the background doing things that maybe are more time consuming, creating processes around it to make it faster, more efficient. We've created a lot more processes in our bookkeeping side. So things are a lot more streamlined. That way, I'm not really focusing on the data entering the regular. It's more a higher level looking at what things are happening, how things are going, what tax planning, that kind of thing. So we've created processes like that. My assistant has worked for me for the last seven, eight years. So she's worked a long time for me that we've kind of gotten into this rhythm. I mean, we have other team members too, but she's the one who's been working with me the longest. We've come into this rhythm of these little things that she could just get done faster for me and that I haven't maybe done in a few years she'll do. But when she's gone, I'll have to jump in and no big deal. I'll jump in wherever I'm needed kind of thing. That's always a challenge, but I think it's a challenge for every entrepreneur in general. Oh, for sure. Well, yeah. and, and it, it looks different for each type of entrepreneur, right? especially early stage, you're maybe your own salesperson and you have to do some of the technical stuff and you also have to, you know, manage the business and whatnot. But then also like, that's the whole point of, you know, having a CPA or, you know, having right. different individuals that you can bring in and take care of that for you instead of trying to do it all yourself. And it sounds like you're, you know, finding that balance. You found that balance and, and you've had your own firm for how long? Oh gosh, since 2011. So, oh my God, this year will be 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Right. I'm like, it's 2021 this year. It'll be 10 <gasps> crazy. years this summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's exciting. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. crazy. And so to come back to uh, something you mentioned before uh, is what does growth look like, especially for a single individual CPA firm? I imagine you could bring on another CPA or oh, man. You can keep finding delegation pieces or whatever, but you've also talked about open books. And, you know, kind of that is a strategy for you to expand your business as well, right? Right. Well, so it's interesting because I do have a a slew of CPAs that I love and some of them work for industry. They they work in private other CPA firms. Some of them work for big four firms and some of them have their own firms also. Accounting in general, there's just not a lot of accountants. So it's just one of those industries that is super needed right now. I'm like, why don't you just do this part time? But we live in a capitalist society and you can just like walk out the door and start a business yourself. But if you don't know the business term and, and how to actually run that on a finance side, it's, it's really hard to continue to stay open and, and be practical like that. And so the financial education here in the United States versus like the fact that you can open any business, there's there's like the huge gap between the financial education yeah. and entrepreneurship, which is weird. So I do a lot of connecting that gap for my entrepreneurs, but at the same time, also trying to convince younger people. I'm like, listen, we need accountants. Yeah. And well, it's one of those things like I had to take principles of financial accounting and stuff like that for my business minor. Uh-huh. But like besides some of those basics, most of my quote financial literacy came from self-teaching, whether it's books or like just really digging into credit karma or, you know, these different things, Mm -hmm. stuff that people just aren't taught or whatever. And and even I had, you know, great parents that were financially literate, but, you know, some of that gets passed on and some of it doesn't. My 21 year old son couldn't write a check the other day. He was telling me, I know biology terms, but I don't know how to write a check. And I'm like, what? My mind was blown. And I'm like, his mom's a CPA. You can't really <laughs> it's it's funny because I feel like it's just a big financial piece of missing information in today's society. I don't know why. And then people have to go to like someone like Dave Ramsey 
you know how much I hate Dave Ramsey. I can say that openly. <laughs> well, and it's interesting knowing his background and just <laughs> anyone, anyone who has a specific lane that they, they really push. Yeah. I'm always like, go understand where they came from because you'll understand why they suggest something a certain way or whatever Marcus, else. Marcus, so, that's such yeah. a good point. This is why you ask about childhood. Yeah, that's such mm-hmm. a great point. I've got an author uh, of a book that's a business-oriented book, and I disagreed with some of the principles he, he put down in it and uh, uh, some assumptions. And I actually met with the guy, and t- in talking to him, I-, I was able to kind of pull out like, oh, he was burnt because of this thing. So now he tells everyone not to do that, even though that's not necessarily inherently bad or whatever. So uh, in the last couple of minutes, let's talk about relationships. You mentioned it before. There's a highly relational aspect to when you have your own personal CPA, especially for business. And people care a lot about money and they're very like private about money. And I think especially for entrepreneurs, it's a touchy subject. And you're like, here, let me dig into all of your money and like tell you, you know, what it looks like. Has that been an issue? Is that something that like comes up as trust? I become everybody's therapist too. Everybody tells me all their problems, everything that's happening. Part of it is like, I, I have these relationships with clients. I talk to them every month or every quarter pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And then they tell me what's going on. I also have a rule and I've been doing it since when I worked at a bigger CPA firm where the client wouldn't call us when something was happening, like major. And then they would mm-hmm. make decisions about calling because they didn't want to bill, right? You know, they didn't want a lawyer yeah. bill for 15 minutes. And then later on, they would say, I did this. I'm like, what? What do you mean you did this? Why did you call me? Because they didn't want to get <laughs> just billed. Just yourself. So now I, yeah. I have this rule. Like any phone calls, texts, emails, I don't ever charge for any of those things, no matter what. Because it's one of those things that I want people to communicate with me. So it becomes a lot of communication between my clients. And I want them to be very communicated with me, my team, and what's going on. And so it's a lot of a relationship building. Uh, with my clients. If I wasn't friends with them already, I've become friends with them. I'm like, all my clients are my friends, which is amazing. It's an amazing job. It's like, I'm basically helping my friends, but I do know how much everyone's making. So it works out really well because I'm knowing where everyone's at kind of lets me help other people become better. If that makes sense. Do you think it takes a special personality to be able to have all this like insider information <laughs> no, and like not leverage that against them or like feel weird about that relationship knowing that. If anyone came to me and said, I need help with this, I would help them for free if they didn't have the money. Like I'm not, you know what I mean? So I, I guess I don't That's judge That's a special on personality. My point is, is that I'm, I'm going to help anyone. It'll come back to me somehow or another way. You know, it's funny because some of the richest people I know don't make a lot of money. They may have a lot of money, but they don't really make a lot of money. It's like a huge difference Mm -hmm. between the two, right? So sometimes the people that make a whole lot of money, but then they spend a lot, they don't really have a whole lot of money. So it's interesting. I feel like that comes back to like my last question (laughs) is like the, the, you know, the big existential question. But before that, the fact that there is limit in supply and limit in demand and whatnot, and you're talking about open books, how do you leverage like technology and like, what are you trying to do to basically, like you said, like extend yourself beyond just what you as a human being with your 24 hours a day are capable of doing? Part of my knowledge and the things that I know now that I help people, that's because of all the years I've been doing it, right? I've been involved in a lot of nonprofits. I've worked for big firms, small firms. So I've been doing this for a really, yeah. really long time since I was young. So what I try to teach my employees is not necessarily, they don't have to be like me and they don't have to know all the answers. 
a lot of my answers are repeat answers, believe it or not. It's like very basic questions. Uh, what's the difference between LLC and S Corp? The same <clears throat> questions come at me a lot. And so sometimes yeah. if my employees kind of get that information, but if it's beyond that, They'll be like, let me talk to Madi and I'll get back to you. Or let me have Madi call you back. The next level questions are come back to me. You know, Marcy, Marcy's my employee that's worked for me for seven years. She's come a long way since when I first, when she was first started working with me. And she's able yeah. to answer things that she wasn't able to answer before. So the more you're in it, the more you grow, the more you learn. But there are some questions she has to be like, you know what? Let me talk to Madi about it. Let me get back to you. And she'll come back to me and say, I think this is the answer, but I'm not sure. And I'm like, that is the answer. It has to do with confidence. It. It's confidence. It's not necessarily whether you know the answer or not, right? You know you know the answer. You just have to be confident in that answer. Well, and you know that I am a huge proponent of Notion as a knowledge repository. I, I think I think everyone <laughs> should stash their knowledge into somewhere where they can share it. Marcus, it is because of you. I use Notion now. It's your fault. I Woo! use Notion. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. But like there are tools out there for us to whether it's knowledge mm -hmm. or redundant processes yes. or whatever else that we can we can use to to help firms and freelancers to be able to extend themselves beyond just what they're able to do in 24 hours. So that's awesome. So last question. Mm -hmm. What's one thing that you wish every entrepreneur could know about managing money? If you are an entrepreneur that's not good with money or not good with finance and it goes over your head sometimes, find someone who is. It doesn't necessarily mean you need a, a CPA or sometimes a CPA is just a tax CPA, maybe a financial coach or something, someone that is good with money to look at that stuff for you. That's why CFOs are great. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying hire one because that's really expensive, but just someone to look at things in a different level that you would. That's probably the number one thing. The number two thing is I love it when people create budgets and to get people to do that is so hard. And I've started to tell myself, I'm going to force all my clients to do budgets because I think it's a game changer. It's putting your goals in writing, but in financial way. I created a budget worksheet that I'm putting on my website as a free resource because I'm that I'm like here, put your budget in this thing. And I think that just that goal, seeing where that goals is and where it ended at the end of the month, it makes a huge difference. I think in finances, because then you start thinking about it, it makes you think yeah. about it. So that would be my number two thing. Those two things. Yeah. Basically shore up what you don't know, especially right. in, in these types of things. And then also just have data points, be able to map where you are, where you want to be. That's huge for, I think everything in in life. I'm one of those junkies who's like, I've got my Fitbit on. I'm always like tracking how much sleep I got. Yes. Because like you're able to make better decisions yes. when you you have a goal and you understand the path that got you there. So right. now that's fabulous. Right. Love everything that you do. We didn't even get to talk about the bookstore or the that's bar okay. or anything else. I know, but, you know, too much stuff. Financial literacy and education and knowledge is so important to me. So I think no matter what, yeah. Yeah. Do you mind sharing how our listeners can best find you? Oh, uh, my website is modicpa.com or openbookkeeping.co. I'll, I'll have like uh, more resources on that as well as that budget worksheet too, if anyone's interested on that. So. Everyone should do a budget worksheet. Oh. Yes. So thanks again for coming on. Thank you and, for having uh, me. Absolutely. Yeah. Fun. Thanks again to Madi for sharing her journey. Links to anything we mentioned in the episode, along with all of Madi's info, are in the show notes. We always love to hear your feedback, either by using hashtag FoundersForge or by reaching out directly on LinkedIn or via email. If you're interested in coming on the show, let us know what you're working on. We're always looking for interesting people and companies to talk to. Big, small, weird? Drop us a line. Let's chat. Talk to you next time.
This podcast is a production of Axon Collective, LLC. This episode was produced by Andrew Good, and your host was me, Marcus Smith. Thanks for listening. That's all I need.